0: Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast in the series Simplify. Our big idea today is simplify your life by inviting God into your working world. We're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Enjoy and thanks for listening. Good morning. I have a riddle for you. What is something that some people hate to do? Some people love to do it. Some people would do everything they could to avoid it. And some people do it way too much. Work. Work. Good. I'm glad that's what you were thinking. That's right. Work. Where there are many different attitudes towards work, One thing thing remains constant, work must be done. Since the Garden of Eden, everyone has worked or depended on someone else's work for survival. Work sets a person's lifestyle, where you live, when you sleep, when you eat, the time with the family, even the style of clothes that you wear. You all look so nice today. Today we want to examine the work life and how it is a significant step in simplifying your life. Some would say, that's why Eric isn't here today. (laughs) But that would not be true. Our big idea is this. Simplify your life by inviting God into your working world. I'd like for you to just pray with me for a moment, if you would. Father, we invite you to come in this morning and just be with us. Father, I pray that you would use my life, use my voice to change us and to encourage us and help us to invite you in to our working world. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Many times individuals look at their lives and... They put them in two categories, and they compartmentalize God. The spiritual category and the working category. The working world and the everything else world. And we do this a lot. I think it's a natural thing. But God never intended it to be so. As a matter of fact, God intercedes in our working world as much as any other world that we're living in. Anywhere else in our lives. He intercedes in the working world as much as anywhere else. Maybe you're here today and you don't work and you're wondering how this subject is going to apply to you. Yet all of us have people who are close to us, who work. Maybe it's our spouse. Maybe it's our parents. Maybe it's our children. Maybe it's our children trying to decide a career. Work happens to all of us. There's no getting around it. You will spend roughly, roughly one-third of your life at work. The hours, the weeks, the months, the years on the job will either add significant levels of joy and fulfillment to your life or it will create a misery that will be tough to overcome in the remaining hours of the day. God speaks of work throughout Scripture. Throughout Scripture. We're going to look at a few of those passages today. The first one is in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. Here Solomon is writing. Solomon was considered one of the wisest men to have ever lived. He was the second king of Israel. And he says this Even so, I have noticed one thing at least that is good. It is good for people to eat. True. True drink and enjoy their work under the sun during the short life God has given them and to accept their lot in life. And it is a good thing to receive wealth from God and a good health to enjoy it. To enjoy your work and to accept your lot in life. This is indeed a gift from God. All of us are created to find significance and fulfillment. All of us are created with different passions. Some of us find it in our jobs and some of us don't. When you are able to find a career that you love and you're able to find a career that you find fulfillment in that activity, it's a gift of God. It's a gift from God. Here's how a satisfying job simplifies our life. A satisfying job brings energy. A miserable job sucks the energy right out of you. When you get home, you have very little energy left for life-giving activities. A fulfilling job, however, your energy level stays high throughout the day and actually gets refilled back at work again. Back at work again. A satisfying job brings peace. The toxic environment of a mi- miserable job creates an inner turmoil that robs you of peace. Turmoil that follows you home and leaks out through your words and through your attitudes. And if you think no one notices, you're mistaken. By contrast, a job with a healthy culture brings a deep sense of peace. You find satisfaction in the work, and life is simplified by the peace rather than the turmoil that's inside. A satisfying job brings self-confidence. A miserable job eats away at your self-confidence through lack of respect, lack of development, jealousy, disregard for an invisible ceiling which you can never, never rise. A job you love boosts your self-esteem. You get to do things God uniquely wired you to do. You're making a difference. And in this kind of a job, you're a better version of yourself. And life is simplified. How many, really? How many of us can say, I can't believe they pay me to do this? How many of us can say, I love my job? Yeah, I got a few hands out there. How many of us can say, I love my job? Today's Sunday. Guess what? I can't wait for Monday. A lot of us are saying that, right? If you don't like your job, you're not alone. According to a massive report released by Gallup, there are twice as many actively disengaged workers in the world as there are engaged workers who love their jobs. Overall, Gallup found that only 13% of workers feel engaged by their jobs. That means they feel a sense of passion for their work, a deep connection to their employer, and they spend their days driving innovation and moving their company forward. The vast majority Sixty-three percent, and this is a recent poll that was just taken, are not engaged. Meaning they are unhappy, but not drastically so. In short, they've decided they in short, they've checked out. They sleepwalk through their days, the report says, putting little energy into their work. That group needs to invite God. Into their working world. We probably find ourselves in three places here today when it comes to a job. You're looking for the right one, you're in one and dissatisfied, or you're in one and you have found peace. How do you find a job that simplifies your life? Or how do you assess the job that you're currently in and try to examine the situation? I'm going to give you four different things, four alignments that you should look for in a job. All right? And on your handout today in your program, there's some fill-ins there if you want to follow along. These are kind of key alignments. Number one is this, passion. I mentioned how we're all created differently. We're all created with different skills, actually. We're all created with different... Passions, things that we love to do, excuse me. Finding a job that satisfies you will be one that aligns with your passion. With your passion. It was a little while ago now that someone came to me and they looked at me and they said, Gus, you should be a pastor. (laughs) And yeah, I laughed. (laughs) I said, A pastor? They said, Gus, you have a passion for church work. You have a passion for people and helping them in their spiritual journey. They said, Gus, you have a passion to teach God's word. And you have a passion to shepherd and help people. And I never really thought of it that way. But he was right. And so I prayed about it, and I realized that God was using him to tell me something. And so I took the steps to become a pastor. And here I am today, executive pastor of Valley Point Church. I can't believe they pay me for this. <laughs> that, was, that was never good. <laughs> Passion. Passion is pretty important. You know, young people, when you're young and you're trying to figure out a career and you're thinking passion, passion, what do I love to do? I'm not even sure what I love to do. That's a tough place to be sometimes. It's a tough place to be. I know my oldest son, he was in college. He went to Messiah College. And he was studying accounting and finances and things like that. And he was doing summer work. He was working for an electrical engineer in the summer. And after two summers of working with this electrical engineer, he told him, he said, Kyle, you're, you have the wrong major. You should take engineering. And so my oldest son came to me and said, Dad, I'd like to change my, my major. And he was asking me because you knew what that meant, right? More years, right? But he did. He changed his, his major. And it was probably the best decision he ever made in his life. Passion. Passion is important when it comes to a job. Number two is culture. Culture. Is there a flourishing environment where you will be able to grow and develop? Is there trust and a good working relationship amongst the employees? Do, your, do the employees speak highly of the staff and highly of the company? Culture. You could be in a job that you love, that you're passionate about, but the environment and the culture is toxic. I'll tell you a story about a second son of mine. He found himself in that type of situation. It was a few years ago. He was doing a job that he was passionate about and he loved. And the, env- and the culture was, was great. He was there for over 10 years. And gradually, the culture of the company began to change. And it got to a point where it was just toxic to work there. And it was sad for my wife and I to watch him and see him week after week. And it was just sucking the energy right out of him. It was changing who he was, it was affecting everything. He just gave it to the Lord. One day he took his family on a compassion trip to Guatemala. And he came home from that compassion trip on the weekend and went to work on Monday. And they told him, you're not needed anymore. You don't have a job. And you may think that was a sad moment and a difficult time. And it was. But he realizes now that was God taking care of that situation for him. It was God taking care of that situation Alignment number one is passion. Alignment number two is culture. Alignment number three is challenge. Challenge. As human beings, we all need to be challenged. We all need to be challenged. What is the level? What level do you work your best at? What level is that? Is that under-challenged? Is that appropriately challenged? Is that over-challenged? Educators who teach children will tell you that the best level for children to learn is slightly above appropriately challenged. For each of us as individuals, that's a different place. And we have to figure that out. But at your workplace, you should just be a tad above overly challenged. Overly challenged. We all need to be challenged in our work environments. And number four is compensation. Of course, right? Compensation. Even the Bible talks about the fact that the worker should be paid appropriately. Compensation. Pay versus passion. This is the big question. And this is the question that many students face when they are going off to college. What do I chase after? The pay or the passion? Something that I love to do or something that's going to pay me well? And sometimes it's sad to watch some students chase after the pay. Nowadays, young people, it's it's a difficult time for them to challenge a to to choose a, a major. And they want to be like their parents. And within five years, they want to have everything that their parents have right now. That took them 25 years, 30 years to accumulate. And so they chase the pay. It's a tough decision. Sometimes we need to choose the low pay, but add high passion somewhere else. Sometimes we need to have high pay and low passion at the job. And whatever happens in your situation, you just have to supplement with some things. If it's low pay and high passion, you have to find some other way to supplement that with some jobs and some other things that might be happening. Maybe you don't live in the development that you really wanted to live in. Other choices can be made. If it's high pay and low passion, then you need to supplement your passion somewhere else. I know for me, when I got out of school, I actually worked at a quarry for 23 years. It was one of the dirtiest, cruddiest jobs you ever want to see. I'd come home at night, and I'd have dirt all over me. I found very little fulfillment in my job. But I found fulfillment in other ways. Because for those same 23 years, my wife and I, Lori, we served here at this church. And we ministered to our students. I also served in my community. I taught basketball and baseball, different seasons. I did that for 23 straight years. I supplemented my low pay with high passion in other areas and other times. God took care of us. God took care of us. We we were able to raise four children. We were able to send them to Christian school. All of them went on, advanced, went to different schools afterwards. God took care of us. I have four takeaways for you today. Four things I want you to consider. Because I can tell you to invite God into your working world. But I don't want to just tell you. I want to show you how to invite God into your working world. And maybe you're retired today or this doesn't really apply to you right where you are. But someone in your sphere of influence may need to hear this. So take note of these four takeaways. How do you invite God into your working world and live a simplified life? Number one is this, be thankful for the job that you have. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18, Paul writes this. He says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Be thankful in all circumstances. You never know why God has you where you are. You may never really understand that. But invite God into your working world by being thankful in the place where you are. That's the way God would want you to look at it. That would be the attitude that God would want you to have. He would want you to be thankful for the circumstance that you're in. Do you complain at work? Do you talk to other people about how bad your job is? That's not the way to be thankful. You should never be negative about your job. It doesn't mean you don't want to improve your situation. It doesn't mean that you don't want to try to make things better. But God wants you to be thankful. And when you're thankful... People know it. People see it. And it's a reflection on who God is if you call yourself a disciple of Jesus Christ. Be thankful. You know, it's easy to say, I'm thankful. It's easy to say, oh yeah, I'm thankful for my job. But I think we learned last week, Eric taught us to be truly thankful Give God the first fruits of that job. Give back, regardless of the situation you find yourself in. That is telling God, God, I know you have me here. I know, and I'm thankful, and I'm giving back to you. The second takeaway is this. How do I invite God into my working world? Work for God rather than men. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, it says this, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. It's so easy for us as humans to want to be people pleasers. And especially at work. And especially in environments where there's a lot of competition. You want to be people pleasers. I'm here to tell you that if you work and you please God, you will please men. The Bible promises that. What do you do when people aren't looking? What do you do when your job, or when your boss or your supervisor or others aren't looking? What type of integrity do you have? Key characteristics that we look for at our company. Is integrity. And we tell new hires that all the time. An article that was written from Career Management, the top seven qualities that employers look for in employees, number three was integrity. And they go on to say it's probably the most important single quality for long term success in life and at work integrity. Are you honest at work? Do you put in a good, hard day's work for your company, for your employer? Work for God as though God's watching you and not for men. Takeaway number two. Takeaway number three is this. Honor others. Honor others. 1 Timothy 6, verse 1 says this. Let all who are under a yoke as bond servants, regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. The Greek word translated honor in our English Bibles, to mayo, not tomato, but to mayo, that's the Greek word that was written back then. It means to prize means to fix a valuation upon. By implication, to revere. Showing honor then means treating another respectfully because we value them highly. I hate the world we live in right now, to be honest with you. It is so negative. Everybody's negative about everything. The Bible tells you you should be Positive about those who are in authority over you, even when they don't deserve it. Honor others. God honors honor. Do you honor your supervisor? Do you honor your boss? Do you honor the owners of your company? Do you honor the big shots upstairs? Or do you talk about them and make jokes about them in your cubicles? Or are you out there in a the working world and just complaining about everything they do? And you complain to everybody but to those who actually can make a difference. That's not inviting God into your working world. God wants you to honor others. And it doesn't, it's not a one-way street going here up. It's a two-way street. Maybe you're sitting here today. And you have the opportunity to have some authority over others. God says that you should honor those as well with respect and dignity. Those who are working for you, you should respect them. You should treat them as though they're highly valuable. Regardless of what job or what situation they're doing. In order for us to invite God into our working world, we need to honor others. That's the way God would have us do it. And finally, the fourth one is God provides. God provides. Philippians four nineteen, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us In Christ Jesus, God provides. Regardless of what situation you are in, God provides. And this is tricky, too, because sometimes this goes to the heart and soul of our faith. Where is our faith when it comes to our circumstances? How do we see God in our circumstances at work. If we're in a situation where it doesn't seem like we can make ends meet, is God going to provide? If we're in a situation where I'm intelligent and I've gone on to get all these different degrees and I'm in charge of all these things, is it because how great I am? Or is it because God has provided all along the way? Our perspective is Means everything. Look at two words in this verse, in verse 19. The first one is will. Will. Will means not maybe. (laughs) Will means he will provide. He will provide. There's probably stories all over this room how each of us has gone through situations where we didn't know how he was going to provide. But as we look back, he provided. He provided. The second word is all. Not some. All. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches. Pretty important words. Not sure where you are today when it comes to your working world. I'm not sure if there's some turmoil there. Or maybe you're sitting there and you're in a pretty good place and you're comfortable where you are. But trust me, God has you there for a reason. And contentment is like godliness. Sometimes we need to realize that God has me here and I'm going to be thankful that He has me here. I am going to work for God rather than men. I'm going to honor others, and I'm going to trust that God provides. I'm going to trust that God provides. I'm a simple man. I'm not the smartest. I don't have big words to share with you today. But I could tell you this. At 61 years old, as I look back, I've been able to raise all four of my children, my wife and I. I have 16 grandchildren. God has provided. God has provided. And he'll provide for you, too. He'll provide for you, too. If you want to simplify your life, invite God into your working world. Not only will your life be simplified, but he will change your life forever. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come this morning and to open up your word and to look up a few passages. And Father, I just pray that as we think through these different things, And we try to invite you into our working world. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to apply these truths to our lives. Lord, I pray that that we would be very thankful for what you have done for us. Lord, I pray that we would be not only at work, but every day, Lord, we would be serving you and not trying to please men, but please you. And, Father, I pray that we, as Christ followers, as disciples, we would be honoring other people, whether they deserve it or not. That's what you ask us to do. And, Father, I pray that we would trust and we would put our faith in you to provide. Father, I pray that we would take the burden off of us and put it onto you. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. Continue to work in our hearts the rest of the service, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.